everyone still knows that 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 let me tell you something brother and eat your vitamins like i eat the vitamins because <laughs> hulk hogan told me to eat my vitamins <laughs> so you know and then you look at like the rock and had so many catchphrases whether it was like rudy poo candy ass or like uh Whoa. you know <laughs> Bro, you know what's you know what's the worst? What? You know when you put on a sweatshirt and then you take off said sweatshirt and, and you it, have the fuzzies? Yeah, it leaves you with fuzzies yeah. on, on clothes that you like. Yeah. And then you have no lint roller because it's the apocalypse in 2020 and there's nothing to available in stores. Nothing to available, I said. There's nothing to available in stores. Welcome back to Impulsive, the number one podcast in the world, although we can't speak English. It's just me, honestly. Uh but yeah, yeah, we're back. It's it's quarantine. We're trying to stay sane. It's going okay. I'm doing weird things. I'm really like pushing. I'm doing things that I'm not super proud of, but I would be, I would think it's weird if you stayed sane during this time. Like if you're cool with being locked inside your house 24 seven, that's weird to me. I get, I'm not saying introverts. I'm saying if, I don't know, just the state of the world, it ain't for, for me. What? Who's that? That's, that's Sir the Gray. He peeps like this, and I don't know how to stop it. The guy, the family uh, who we adopted him from said it means he's excited. He's just pumped up? He's 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 happy to be living, and, and he's taken a liking to me, I think. I mean, you can't, you can't get mad at the guy for that. I mean, if I'm happy about it. Sometimes I wake up and make stupid <laughs> sounds, too, because I'm happy about Woo. being alive. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Danny, I think also we're out of uh, paper towels. Corner stores. Those CVS like little uh, convenience store types are the the the, the bread winners here in the apocalypse. Paper towel. This was a like a like a liquor corner store. They have some real grungy shit. Yeah, you got You got to like smoke shops. I feel like have the the best uh, chance of having paper towels. We're close to wiping our butt with leaves. I think nothing that's like that troublesome. We could do it. Well, you also like you're built different with the beard and all. Like you're probably used to uh, shit like that. You could probably wipe your be- your ass with that. Well, that's like one of the best ways to do it, really. You know, you guys, you've never really asked me about how I how I wipe my ass. Yeah. Hey, hey, I, 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 hey, I, well, I just gotta do. I gotta ask this quickly. What what the fuck is going on right now? Like, what the fuck is go- what, what what's going on right now? You're at, we're having a, it's first minute of the show. You got a fucking sidebar going on with this sound girl, mm. light lady. We got a squirking bird named Sir. What? I think talking about wiping asses with beards, like what the fuck is happening? It's not, it's not, it's not great. Yeah, I, I I gotta stop this fucking bird, dude. I thought he'd be really cool to have on the set, but he just keeps doing that, and he's so cute when he does it. It makes it a little difficult. He is cute. It's just so consistent. It's definitely a rapid fire, or not rapid fire, but fully auto. He's like ginger barking in the morning. I used to wake up every morning to the loud sound of ginger. Oh, one thousand percent barking. And then Mike barking at Ginger. <laughs> Bro, it's, it's so funny. But it's also not. No, it's driving me absolutely oh, insane. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't concentrate at all. Yeah, like this it, is horrible. With this. I'm, it's, it's funny because I, I still got Ginger on speed dial. Mike. Michael. Take it back. All right. I'm sorry. I just At what point? I think we're there. <laughs> If you like sex, you'll love BlueChew.com. <laughs> oh, God. BlueChew offers men a performance enhancement for the bedroom. Chewables can work faster 
Then pills, bluechew.com, affiliated physicians work with you to find the doses and active ingredients that it's in. I have my Invisalign in. <laughs> I can't talk. I, I decided to leave him in because we're only doing an intro and outro before we uh, do a Zoom call with the Miz. You've, you've really only like made this harder for all of us. I also don't know that we have to hit those talking points as hard. Like I like these pills because I take them and they make my dick turn into a, a, a missile that Kim Jong-un would send over to the state. Like my thing, it turns into a fucking like a, a rock sculpture. It's yeah. like rock. It's like my dick turns into Rocky. That's running way, up the steps, just ready to fight cool. a, a vaginal cavity. Yeah, right. The, the, they give you confidence in bed every time. <laughs> and you and your partner will love it. Chew it and do it. There's no in-person doctor visit, no awkward conversation, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and it ships directly to your door in a discreet package. You guys know this. And I got a great deal. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first order free when you use the promo code LOGAN. Just pay $5 shipping. It's B-L-U-E. Chew.com, promo code LOGAN. So we do have a guest coming on later in the episode. His name is The Miz. Uh, he's a WWE superstar, and we're going to cover his road from reality TV star to making his dreams come true of becoming a WWE champion. Super cool guy, so that should be good. But until then, I mean, here we are, back in the Maverick house. Day day two? Would be, well, day one, because we shot the other episode. Or day, day. It's tough. You can tell that we've been working hard today. Lots of, uh, lots of just... Do you want to tell? Do you want to be ears. honest with him about the course of the past two podcasts? Now, do you want to tell him? Uh, sometimes production's weird, <laughs> and we already shot the Miz interview, which I'm going to sh- throw to in a second because it seems like we're out of material. Then we <laughs> shot the podcast that you saw on Tuesday, okay? And now, after both of those, we're shooting the intro to the Miz podcast, and then after we roll it, which we're going to do in less than sixty seconds, we're going to shoot the outro for this podcast episode. <laughs> now that said. Let's Zoom call The Miz, the WWE superstar who is going to carry this episode because he's a great guy, he's fascinating, and the WWE is also doing a great job of maintaining their business during really tough financial times. Mm -hmm. So we're going to dive into a little bit of that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce him in the next clip. This is it. Zoom calls. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is the currently... Fuck... Dylan, you put you already the, messed it up. Well, Dylan, you already messed up it's Dylan's intro. fault, bro. I'm gonna read this like Dylan wrote it. No. Our guest today is the currently one half the smack. Fuck you, Dylan. Wow. <laughs> currently one half. It's currently one it's half. Sorry. No, but you added a the, bro. You can't just be adding articles to, to sentences whenever you He's feel like, like Ron it. Burgundy, bro. Our He's guest got to read it verbatim. <laughs> Our guest today is currently one half the SmackDown tag team tag team champions who can also be seen starring alongside his wife and family in the series Miz and Mrs. on USA. He's a former WWE champion and he's awesome. It's WWE superstar, the Miz. <laughs> Yeah. Gotta love these Zoom calls, man. Gotta love them. Bro, they're weird, right? Like, like somehow everything is devolved to Zoom calls. I went on my first one uh, two days ago. It was my buddy's birthday, and there was like 14 of us. And it was actually a lot of fun. They're not, like, they're I, not bad, I right? So much fun. I never, I never heard of Zoom. Never knew what it was until now. Yeah, and then everyone's celebrating their holidays. Like I know Danny uh, had Easter with all her family on a Zoom call. My mom and dad don't know how to use technology, so that was impossible. <laughs> mine, mine neither. Like my, no one knows how to use Zoom uh, in my entire family, so can't do that. Right. So, bro, how are you doing? First off, you're a WWE I'm doing superstar. Great. And um, WWE was the first sports and entertainment company to publicly continue operations without an audience. Yeah. yeah. So what's it's th- totally different. I mean, it's it, we rely not rely, but like 
when I'm out there performing, like I enjoy hearing people boo, people yeah. chanting you suck, or just being involved. That's what WWE is all about. Like going to a live interaction. It's it's basically the entire audience is interacting. They're booing who they hate. They're cheering who they love. You know, they have their own chants. I mean, there's so many chants from this is awesome yep. to you deserve it to when someone wins a title. You hear these "you deserve it" chants. It's 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 quite amazing and it's powerful. Yep. So to go from one cut to the next, uh, basically being a contrast of having zero audience, it's completely weird. But I enjoy different stuff, and I enjoy uh, trying to use this type of unique atmosphere. Yep. Uh, not necessarily to my advantage, but just to uh, you know showcase exactly what I can do and why I'm so valuable to the WWE. For sure, that's awesome. Because not a lot of people can perform without that uh, adrenaline rush of having an audience. Because that, that's, yeah, that's a different you, type of feeling. You got to find a, a different way, I guess, to get the adrenaline and to utilize it. It reminds me almost like I, I've used it as like almost a Japanese crowd. Like we go to Japan and we perform for a live audience. It is very, very quiet. What? But once you hear a big, when there's a big move, they'll go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, do you, do you so find it? You don't get the big reaction of the, oh, it's just crickets every time. But you know that in the Japanese audience, they're watching and they're invested in everything you do. Uh. So in my mind, I'm just picturing the people at home being invested in everything that we're doing. So every little maneuver counts. So it's actually making me a better performer in, in the ring. For sure. I feel like that's a lot easier said than done though. Like not like really not hearing the crowd and like being able to use that energy. Do you, do you find yourself having to push harder when you're in there? 100%. Even though- like, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that everybody in WWE is pushing harder when they're in the, in the ring now. And I think it's going to translate when, whenever the time comes that we can have an audience back because everything that, that I feel like we do in WWE that's different, that takes us out of the box, we utilize it and say, you know what, what did we learn from this and how can we use it when we're back to normal? Right. How have the how have the fans reacted to it? I, I I've only seen one clip so far. I saw Rob Gronkowski jump off of a, some sort of elevated platform and pin like eight dudes to win WrestleMania 36, <laughs> and the feeling of seeing him soaring through the air and absolutely no sound was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. But it was just amazing. How are the fans reacting to it? I mean, if you've, if you've watched, you know, WrestleMania was the most talked about, most watched on social media more than any other WrestleMania in history. So the fans are really getting involved with it, and it's allowing us to do different types of matches. Like, if you saw the Firefly Funhouse with John Cena versus versus uh, Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, it was one of the coolest matches I've ever seen, and I've seen it all, I felt like. But that was so different and so unique. And it utilized Bray Wyatt and The Fiend in such a way. And it showcased what exactly John Cena could do. And it showcased kind of what Cena was before and what he is now. And I, I think it opened up a whole new world of what WWE can do. And then you watch the Boneyard match between AJ Styles and The Undertaker, which was uh, uh, kind of the same, but way different. Like, it was the same, and they used kind of a cinematic feel towards it. But, man, it was just... It was so interesting to watch, and I just love that. And then if you watch our match, the John Morrison uh, versus the Usos versus the New Day, uh, I wasn't in it, but John basically took uh, our titles and challenged 
uh, I, I believe it was Jimmy Uso as well as Kofi Kingston for our tag team titles. And it was a ladder match and it was entertaining. And let me tell you something, ladder matches hurt. Usually, <laughs> the audience gets that, that, that whole kind of, uh, that feel, that, that, that adrenaline rush. When you don't have that adrenaline rush, it's a whole lot harder. <laughs> that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. You can't. It's it's probably so much harder to match that pain. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you were in one of your boxing matches and literally there was no audience. <laughs> no, it's, you're getting punched yeah. in the face. Yeah, no, something about yeah. something about the crowd and the lights and and everyone watching you. You can take a, a bit more than you could when it's silent. Um, Definitely. But yo, you 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 beat some legends, man. You at WrestleMania 27, you beat John Cena. Yeah. And then also, I, I have a clip here I want to play of uh, you beating Randy Orton here. This was to win the, the title, correct? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we had Money in the Bank, which I believe was in July of that year. And I won the briefcase, which the briefcase holds the, a, a contract that you can uh, cash in anytime, anywhere, no matter what. So if I believe this is the, the clip you're going to show is if it's Randy Orton. Randy Orton just went through a match against Nexus, which was like nine guys. So yeah. he just went like through a gauntlet match. He got beat up. He got taken down. And I was like, you know what? This is an opportune time to cash in my Money in the Bank briefcase. Randy was up, but he was definitely injured. Yeah. So uh, I took advantage of a situation and won my first ever WWE championship title. And it was one of those things that like, you know, as a kid growing up, you would see Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, you know, all these these legends growing up with holding the title that I, I wanted as a kid and never thought I could ever do it because I was from Parma, Ohio. Uh, represent Ohio, by oh, the way. Shit. Wait oh, wait a second. Oh, shit. You so, from Parma? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Westlake. Let's go. Dang, yeah. what, what was your mascot? I forget. The Parma. My mascot, I was the Normandy Invaders, so we were the Invaders. Okay. Oh, my nice. God. Westlake? That's, that's yeah, Westlake. Westlake Demons. Name. <laughs> that's awesome Ohio represent but yeah I'm, I'm about to play this clip this is so Randy Orton he tried to slither in bro with the RKO and whew. I wonder Change if Mrs. Revenge is active bravado right now RKO Man, that is exciting. I don't know how you did that without a crowd now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, the, the funny part is that I went through so many emotions when I won the title. Like if you watch like afterwards, there was an, a feeling of excitement. Like, oh my God, I won the WWE Championship. Then it was like, then it was like uh, your, your mind starts going in 20 different ways and just all these emotions start coming out. Like there was a moment where I felt like I was going to cry. And then I was like, wait, I'm in front of 20,000 people in yep. Orlando. I yep. can't can't cry i gotta i'm, I'm wb champion yeah. Now. yeah so you're trying to hold it all back so you have one emotion of you're, you're you're almost about to cry you're almost about to have tears and then you're like i gotta hold that back because i'm i'm wb champion i'm i'm ha 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 yep. wb superstar can't do that and so and then there was a moment where i hugged the guy that uh kind of helped me throughout the whole thing it was just there was just so many emotions that went through let me ask you did you have a, a what now moment a lot a lot of champions and um superstars that we've had on this show tend to they, they've explained how when they win the thing and, and the that is had been their goal their whole life they have a what now moment and it, and it leaves them kind of feeling uh alone or confused or, or not sure where to go next did you have that i think everyone goes goes through that and and honestly i still have that to this day i won the smackdown tag team championships and i was like what now yeah. like everything is always what now like Ms. and mrs is a hit show on the usa what now but then i want more like I mm. want to make 
the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, the most coveted titles in all of WWE. I want to be remembered as one of the greatest tag teams in history. When I was WWE champion, I wanted to be the best WWE champion uh, out there. Now, did I accomplish that? Some say sure. Uh, most will say absolutely not. So now what is my goal? My goal is to get the WWE championship back. So why? So people can look at it and go, wow, he was a force to be reckoned with. He deserved that title. He held that title with prestige, with honor, and like with Ms. and Mrs., our reality show. Okay, the ratings are amazing. People love the show. What can we do more? I want more people to watch it. I want more people to watch. Like, for instance, I imagine with you, you're like, all right, I have this podcast. I have this YouTube channel. I want it to be the most globally renowned YouTube channel in all ever, ever to imagine, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I feel like some people have that 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 mentality and other people are just complacent to where, where, where they're at, which is fine. Yep, yep, totally. I was just going to ask, I know we've, we've talked a lot about the boys of WWE today, but the, the biggest story coming out of WWE right now is a girl by the name of Ronda Rousey, who I'm sure a lot of people watching this know from uh, UFC, right? Yep. Uh, she she went on Steve O's podcast recently and, and called and said uh, and blasted her fucking ungrateful fans. Whoa. And uh, called wrestling matches fake fights. And this is big news. This is New York Post and page six and the whole world's talking about it. What are your mm. thoughts on the Rousey drama? Uh, or do Rousey you not want to talk like, about I it? I don't know. Like that, that would be a way for me. Like if, if it was me and I, and, and I was saying that the fake thing is like kind of a uh, trigger word for some superstars. For me, it's like, I look at it like this. I look at WWE like this. It's like a movie. When you watch a movie, you're looking to be entertained and you're not worried about if this is real or this is fake, are the moves that we do, absolutely, they, they hurt. What we do in WWE, a lot of MMA superstars have tried to come to WWE and haven't been successful. Ronda Rousey has been very successful. She was able to pick up WWE very, very well. And so uh, for her to say, like, uh, the, the, the fake word, I, I, I mean, I think she's just trying to use a trigger word to get a rise out of people, and I imagine – it definitely got a rise and it got a lot of attention through Twitter, through, you know, all the news factors. Oh, she's calling it fake, blah, blah, blah. What's going to happen? We need to have someone come from WWE to take her out. Like, this is, <laughs> these are these are heel 101 moves. Yeah. Uh, in my in, in my book, like if I look at it and I go, oh, she must not want the fans to be behind her. Maybe she'll come back someday. Maybe she won't. I don't know. I haven't talked to Ronda Rousey since she's left. <laughs> uh, but if she did come back, I imagine she'd be the biggest heel in WWE. And, uh, you know, we have huge uh, superstars in WWE that would love to take Ronda Rousey on. How do your own personal desires get taken into account? Like, if you want to be the WWE champion, but the office doesn't agree, how, do, how does one navigate that? <laughs> that's, uh, that's tough. Because, you know, if, if you believe, in, and I think that every superstar in WWE believes that they should or want to be WWE champion. That's the goal of every superstar. If it's not your goal, you shouldn't be a WWE superstar. You have to have that mindset at all times. If, you know, you know it's not going in your direction, it is your job to make sure that it goes in your direction. Right now... I am fighting each and every time I go out into the WWE ring to make sure that I am worthy of a WWE championship shot. Mm. And if people don't believe it, then I it's my job to make sure that I make sure people believe it. Mm. And it starts with the fans. The fans start believing that you are worthy of the WWE title. Then guess what? 
everyone else is going to start believing and everyone else is going to start coming around and it's your job to do everything you can to make sure that happens and if it doesn't i always blame you i always blame me I, I, that's just how i am yeah what are you doing uh when you're not on camera to to maintain that that uh i mean okay i'll give you a for instance uh john morrison and myself uh decided that uh you know we were gonna write a rap now <laughs> I am not a rapper by any means whatsoever. But John Morrison and I were driving in a car. We were having a four-hour drive, and we were like, you know what? We should write a rap and see if we can get a beat and see. If, then we can do a music video, and this could be a whole Damn. thing leading up to WrestleMania. <laughs> nice. So literally, we we started doing uh, rhymes. We started doing bars, as they call them, and <laughs> in the rap world. And then we uh, then we we asked for a, a beat, and WWE gave us a beat. And then we went to the, our digital team and said, "Hey, can we can you film like a music video for us?" And they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" I was like, "I don't know. We're just going to start doing the rap, and you know, do a music video." So all leading up to our WrestleMania match, we had a rap video, basically, uh, you know talking about the New Day, talking about the Usos, talking about how great we are, who the New Day and the Usos are the people that we are going up against. So it was a diss track on the Usos and the New Day and why we are so amazing and why we are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. That is something that we went, uh, that's going above and beyond. That is not something that is asked of you for SmackDown on Fox or whether if you're on Raw yeah. on USA. That is something that we went and said, we can do this. Another thing John Morrison and I did, we did a trailer. Uh, we did a ripoff of uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which you can see on WWE's YouTube page. Uh, we literally did, uh, wrote, uh, like kind of like directed, uh, you know, had, had a say in all the editing and all the parts. And we did a trailer basically about the story of what we were doing for our match. And so these are the little things, the little nuances that we do you know, a lot of new uh, WWE superstars that are coming up into WWE always ask me advice. I go, listen, you need to find every single avenue, every tool that WWE has, you need to utilize those tools. Mm. And sometimes people aren't going to ask this of you. It's your job to go out there and do the best possible thing you possibly can to get noticed, Got to it. get talked about. And that's what John Morrison and I are doing right now. What I mean, even with 14 years, 15 years in WWE, I'm still doing it to this day. What about physicality? Y'all, y'all are in great shape. Mm -hmm. And so, what does your workout routine look like? So I have so uh, as of like about a, almost a year ago, I would say um, I, my body wasn't where it was. It it it, it was at like I'm I'm, cl I'm coming close to forty, and like I've I've never uh, been injured per se in WWE where you know I had to take a long time a period out. You know, maybe one week here, one week there, but I've never been gone for so long from WWE. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm able to do that while keeping, you know, while traveling how WWE, you know, before the whole uh, thing that is going on right now, you know, WWE, we would travel every single week to so many different cities. Like, how do you keep your body in shape? How do you keep your meals correct? Yeah, so yeah. I hired a chef that basically got me gluten free, dairy free. Uh, and then I hired a, uh, a trainer to get me in shape. I don't like going to the gym. As a matter of fact, I hate the gym, but <laughs> wow. I know that, like I was saying before, you need tools 
to get everything that, that, that you want. And if I want to be WWE champion, I have to look like a champion, I have to present myself like a champion. Right. And I have to be able to withstand anything in that WWE ring. So I have a trainer that understands that I'm not 25 anymore, that I'm 39, that I need to be, that I need to train for what I'm doing and it needs to be functional. So I, I basically have, you know, kind of done that. Yeah. Dude, I did, um, I did Lucha Libre. Mm-hmm. For 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 a, a show that I was doing called Logan Paul versus, and this particular show was uh, Logan Paul versus Lucha Luchador, and uh, it was it was one of the hardest like physically taxing things I had ever done. I actually um, I, I I am unable to do it because of how hard and how how rough it was in my body. I think a lot of people underestimate just how hard it is to be throwing yourself off the top ring and slamming yourself onto the mat. Like oh I, yeah, I dude I got. I got a concussion from this show and I've already, I've suffered, you know, a handful of concussions from uh, head trauma in high school and football. But I mean, is, have you just mastered the, the, I guess, technique or how are you not? Constantly I, I, getting I don't think you could ever master the technique of being a professional wrestler. You know, it's, it, you know, professional wrestling, it's just so unique. And if, I mean, if you look at, you know, Lucha Libre, you look at guys like Rey Mysterio. I mean, he is, the best, I, I think, at Lucha Libre, and not only that, but bringing it to the WWE style. And I mean, he is one of the most popular, one of the most notorious for just being, you know, he. I mean, he's not the biggest guy, but you believe every time Rey Mysterio goes into that ring, no matter how big the competitor that he's going up against, he can defeat that person. And that's the genius of Rey Mysterio, um, as well as, you know, just, you know, with, with moves and everything that we've done, I don't think you could ever master being a, a professional wrestler because there's just so much to digest. Every audience, every setting is different. You know, whether it's zero audience in the crowd or there's, you know, 100,000 at WrestleMania, there's just a difference between, you know, everything. So you always have to make sure that you're, you're doing that. Right. We're watching a little Rey Mysterio right now. This man is quick. Like, these moves are crazy, dude. Yeah. My, 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 I literally felt my brain bouncing oh. off of my skull, and that's when I, that's when I stopped doing that forever. <laughs> <laughs> did you, Logan, did you watch uh, wrestling growing up? Um, Were you a big wrestling I, fan? I, a lot of my friends did. I, I'd, I'd catch it occasionally. I was a huge fan of The Undertaker yeah. and also The Ultimate Warrior. I watched all that stuff growing up. I'm, I'm 35, Mike, so I have, I'm probably you know in the similar class of what you watched when you grew up. Is it the same Undertaker? Yes. How is that fucking possible? He's got to be. He's got to be 150. Like the rumor, right? Like there's there's another Undertaker. There's one Undertaker. Let me tell you something. When you when you are standing in a ring and you get to watch the Undertaker's entrance, there is no one more intimidating than the Undertaker. It's 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 there's only one and there only can be one and there will never be anyone like the Undertaker ever again. How, how tall he's is a he? One again? of a kind talent. Six ten. He's six ten. Six ten. Fifty five. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's a scary dude. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want. Would want not want Wild. this guy breaking the, the, in the house. The Mike, the Paul Bear died, right? The what? The the guy he used to come out with. Paul Bear. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he unfortunately passed away. Yeah. 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 So. So. Okay. So. I'm imagining that just looking through my soul, and I say through my soul, like uh, specifically, because he doesn't look at your soul; he looks through. <laughs> Mike, do you, Mike, similarly to to some people do with the rap game? Do you look at the days of uh, like 
the, the days of the past as the like the good the old rem- days. Is that, yeah, is that how wrestling works? Like I used to, I used to watch all those guys and, and is it, do you, do you think those were the prime days or is it better now? What are your thoughts? I mean, since I'm in it, of course it's better now, but, uh, but no, like I, I, I study, like I study everything. I study everything I do. I study everything that, that other superstars do. And I study the past, you know, the past, you know, the ultimate warrior, I look at oh like if you God. ever watch the Ultimate Warrior and and you look at it as a WWE superstar now, I look at it and go, wow, all this guy did was like three clotheslines and a splash, and everybody erupted every time. That was my favorite WWE superstar, and that's all he needed to do. Like all he needed to do was three clotheslines, run out there with all the energy, shake the ropes, and clothesline someone, splash them, one, two, three, done, and I was happy. That was. The most amazing thing so then i look at that and go wow my character doesn't do that but i want to make sure that i take that type of energy to the ring every single time because that energy was it, it made me want to watch it it maybe want to engage now why did i like someone like hulk hogan like hulk hogan let me tell you something brother yeah. like everyone still knows that 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 let me tell you something brother and eat your vitamins. Like I eat my vitamins because Hulk Hogan told me to eat my vitamins. <laughs> so, you know, and then you look at like The Rock and had so many catchphrases, whether it was like Rudy Poo Candy Ass or like, uh, you know, play the SmackDown, like all that Wait, hold up. You're, stuff. Wait, like, you're, you do a very good rock impersonation. Nah, I'm okay. Wait, wait. You know, uh, but I mean, I've I want to hear what this smell. Can you tell what the rock is I, cooking? Rock was was my favorite in the Attitude Era. Ultimate Warrior was my favorite uh, during the, the '80s, and now, obviously, I'm my own favorite. But you know, it's it's like I study everything. I watch everything. Like I watch everything there is because I want to see what everyone else is doing and if I'm keeping up with the times. You kind of, you kind of remind me of uh, the Heartbreak Kid a little bit. I don't know why. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's I the do. eyes. Yeah, I don't know why. Wow, that, that's the first time anyone's ever, ever said that. Me I don't know. Maybe John Michaels, the greatest ever in the W in, in a ring. Well, I mean, you should be happy you came on Impulsive Day. You got a great compliment. I <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I, I got here on my sheet. It says you did not compete in WrestleMania, and you're supposed to, but you pulled out due to illness. Now, do you have COVID? No. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah, it's very good. Trust me. Yes. Uh, yeah, I got tested. I got tested negative. Um, yeah, but yeah, the doctors uh, deemed me medically unclear to, so to, to wrestle at WrestleMania. So uh, I go off of what the, the doctors uh, want us to do. So uh, I wasn't able to participate then. But I am going for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships in a triple threat match uh, on SmackDown. So uh, so I it, it's a tag team like match and I have the tag team titles but I have to defend them by myself against two other people, which means I don't even have to get pinned and I could lose my titles. And not only can I lose my titles for me, I could lose it for my tag team partner, John Morrison. So SmackDown is going to be pretty intense this Friday. Got it. A lot on the line. Hey, hey Mike, I got I got one last question for you. What is, uh, what are the chances we could ever see someone like, I don't know, uh, uh, Logan Paul in the WWE? <laughs> what do you, what do you think that looks like? Look, I've seen his boxing matches. I mean, obviously, he just said uh, uh, that that he tried Lucha Libre and he couldn't hack it. 
So, I mean, <laughs> I've seen him hack it in a ring before as a boxer, but I just don't know. Those are fighting and, and that man. didn't go so well either, bro. Libre <laughs> is too much. You're definitely not going to come to WWE and do something. You hear this guy, Logan? He's, he's talking fight more. Yeah, right he's he's here. He's chirping, he's Cleveland, chirping. Ohio. And anyone from Cleveland, Ohio, I believe in because I think people from Cleveland have a mentality where, you know, no matter where – they they go in life. They're always trying to do their best. They're always trying to to one up themselves, and they have goals. And when they have goals and they have a vision, they go after it. Yeah. So that's what I think of people in Cleveland. So if 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 Paul if Logan is from Cleveland, this is his mentality. <laughs> that so if I he am. Sets his that, mind hey, to something. That I am. He can definitely do it. Yeah, man. Goals are powerful. If I if I set a goal, I mean I mean look, I'm gonna be honest. For this, can I ask you a question? Anything you want. When, when, when you were in Westlake, Ohio, did you have a dream of going to L.A.? And then then, then so then you you moved to L.A., you you got your own YouTube channel, you started getting a little uh, a little notoriety. Like, yeah. where did this all stem from? How did it all come about? You might have already answered this on your, on your show. I, just, I was just curious because when I was reading, uh, when I was coming on the show, I wanted to know a little bit yeah. more about you. I was like, oh, Westlake. Wow. I wonder how he did the transformation because I know how it happened for me. Yeah, for sure. No, it's a good question. I, mine is... um. The the classic tale of I was I was doing YouTube and I was making videos before it was a cool thing. I just like liked making videos with my friends. And and actually you can't see him, but the person sitting to my right, his name is Mac, has been my friend since sixth grade and he shot almost all of our stuff coming up uh through through the years. And so Did you come for acting in LA or did you just love the weather? I, no, I, I did. I, I came here to be the biggest entertainer that I possibly could. And uh, acting was one of the verticals that I wanted to try. And so that, But that happened when I was 18, 19. I, um, like I said, I, I happened to get good at the thing that I love doing and people happened to enjoy consuming it. So uh, the pieces kind of fell into place for me. But Do you uh, ever get bored? Uh I'm not really. If I get bored, that's 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 when I know I got to sw- I got to switch it up. Like my my rule that I try, I try to uh, follow is if this starts to feel like work, uh, shift. I, yeah. I, I, the moment I start to force my content, that's when the inauthenticity happens. That's when I'm disingenuine. Like, and and people can feel that through the screen. And so I, I gotta I gotta make sure to keep keep it spicy. And uh, especially now during quarantine, when we are forced to push push ourselves creatively. It's it's cool. It's it's challenging. It's fun. We've been able to do some dumb shit around the house. Bro, I, I spent an hour and a half, two hours before this podcast on a log in my pool, attempting to learn how to log roll <laughs> like a lumberjack. <laughs> I've been learning guitar. Oh no way! How's that going? Uh, well, so far I know "Come as You Are" for Nirvana. Nice. I know cool. "Smells Like Teen Spirit." I've learned "Blue Monday" by Orgy. And you remember that one? That was that was uh, a doozy. Now I'm trying. So I have a rose garden. And I guess what I really want to do is I want to play Every Rose Has Its Thorn in my rose garden. That's awesome. But I didn't realize it's kind of hard. Like, uh, so far I'm trying to learn the the chords and it's just not, it's not doing as well as I wanted. Like, Come As You Are was really easy. How long have you been playing? And so it was like Smells Like Teen Spirit. What's that? How long have you been playing? Honestly, three days. That's it? I also learned Pantera's Walk. Oh, damn. Right. So you got a quick learning. I tried to learn guitar. Um, I, I promised myself that I would give it at least a month before I quit. So I gave it a month and then I quit. So, so good for you, man. I, I no, love- but I've done that. I, I've done exactly what you said you've done. Like, so I, I, I used to bring a guitar on the road. So I was like, oh, I'm going to learn guitar. I want to learn guitar. 
I want to do a performance. Like this was before Elias was doing performances. And I remember The Rock used to do them. I was like, I want to be able to do that. And after like three months, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to do that because one, I can't play and sing at the same time. Mm. Like it's just, and I've been trying to do Come As You Are while singing it. By the way, first off, I don't have a voice to sing. (laughs) And secondly, it's just, I lose all focus. Yeah. So it's doing two things at once. It's a very difficult. Doing one thing at once is difficult. I don't know how Elias does it. We have a WWE superstar in Elias that I think is just uh, completely talented and is going to do uh, a lot of great things in WWE. And uh, he has done great things so far, but I think his future is bright. Um, And so he's been able to really utilize the guitar and do concerts for everyone and is always one-upping his game and creating good special content. So I was like, I was like, God, like I want to challenge Elias sometime into a guitar off, but dude, I don't think this is going to work. Dude, it's I hard. Do, it's it has this thorn in my rose garden. Yeah, bro. It's, I mean, it's hard. Like my fingers don't, don't bend like that. That's why I stopped. I realized like my hands for some reason, just not built to like curl around the, the is it a neck? The yeah, neck that's, of yeah, the guitar. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and so I, I, uh, I had to stop. Yeah. I've always like, I always felt like I was never good at anything at first. Like it always took I'm the same way. I'm the an same immense way. amount of time. Like I'm never one of those guys that can just pick up a football and just start throwing it, pick up a baseball, start throwing it, pick up a guitar, start playing yeah. it. Like I was just never one of those guys. I always had to practice harder than everybody else in order to be good at something. I'm the, I'm the same exact way. Usually, usually I start off at the thing slightly above average, but then I'm, I'm stuck there for a while. Like, it, yep. and it's, it's actually funny you say this because I, I had this thought the other day. It's like everything that I've ever gotten good at, I've gotten good at. I have, I've not been like uh, gifted with uh, a thing that I was suddenly amazing at. Like I look at some, some up and coming singers, like especially the young ones, the artists, like like uh, Lil Tecca, Billie Eilish, uh, Lil Mosey, and these people just have it. They're fucking cool. Mm-hmm. They have melodic talent. They can, they, their voices are angelic right off the bat. And that was never me. Uh, I wonder, I, but I wonder if any of those those people were just right off the bat singing like that, or they had to actually develop. I mean, and, for and sure, go to classes for, for and all for that sure, stuff. For sure, the 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 overnight success happens, you know, in, in in ten years of work. But I would, I I have to believe that, like Billie Eilish, who's been singing and making music since since she was fourteen, like some sort of god-given innate ability to do this at the highest level at 14 15 years old like that's that's some next level like outer worldly shit that i if, uh, just a kid from cleveland ohio do not do not have and it's actually a message that well you, mgk kind of has it like if you watch like uh mgk's like instagram like machine gun kelly yeah, for sure i mean for sure. the guy is immensely talented like he'll just start spitting like bars and then he'll, he'll go play guitar. He'll go play drums for sure. Do, I was like, I was like, my God, this guy, is there anything this guy can't do? No, he's amazing. But you also, he's, he's been doing it forever. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. He, but he's young. He's really young. Yeah, so it's young. like, how did this guy get to such an elite level yeah. so quick? Yeah. Hard work. Did you see him out? Did you see him out? Jack Harlow, the Jack Harlow beat <laughs> on Instagram. He <laughs> murdered. <laughs> That Jack, that what's what's popping beef uh, mm-hmm. be on his Instagram, and then he went and beat the fucking Nelk boys at beer pong. What can't the guy do? No, he's he's good. That's an all around. Yeah. Like he he's good. Then he's if good you watch Dirt, he played he played Tommy Lee to perfection. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, that movie's incredible. incredible. And, and Bird Box. Too. MG, MGK is a dude who is good at things. He's just he's yeah. he he probably picks something up and he's like like he's just slightly above average than the average person. We did the All Star game, 
um, like uh, we did the all-star game uh, in Cleveland yeah. uh, for mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. Uh, this year it was Cleveland versus the world. Why you weren't there, I don't. I do not know. You I did. Buy- what did I do? I did a softball. I, you were supposed to, I don't think it was that one. You were uh, supposed to go to it, and then it something happened. Uh, that yeah, was, it was a Cle- was Cleveland versus the world, and MGK was there, and MGK played phenomenally. And literally, when we were running out, he goes, "Hey, they want me to go to like uh, like shortstop," or, or he asked a position, and I go, "It's it's over there." And I was <laughs> like, oh "My God!" I was like, "And then he played so well." Yeah. And I was like, "Nah, hell? yeah." Some some people are like, "By that. the way, since you are from Cleveland, when I was there, my glove they gave me a brand new glove." Kenny Lofton, I was like, "God, this glove is so hey. hard to hard to close." Yeah. Kenny Lofton came over. He goes, "Here, give me that glove," and broke in my glove. Nice. So I can play. I was like. That's awesome. That's 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 a box checked for sure. Uh, right. You know who else is is uh, good at good at things is Bieber. Bieber's mm-hmm. Bieber Justin Bieber is good at things like and he comes to mind because uh we had a trainer overlap in boxing and his trainer was like yo I, it's Justin Bieber but he can hit pads the longest more than my boxers and then you know like he's really? a skater he's a skater yeah he just I, he's good as shit. I think something. That How long all, have you been boxing for? Uh. T- Damn, two two years now, two years. Two years. How do you like it? I love it, I, and it's unfortunate that I love it because it's dangerous. So uh, in high school, I got I got into a fight, and my dad was like, "All right, like you need to learn how to like really protect yourself." So he got me in boxing classes. Mm. So I took a bunch of boxing classes uh, from my all the way through my senior year, the entire time. Like I would go to basketball practice. As soon as I was doing basketball practice, go straight to boxing practice. And I used to practice against this guy and spar against this guy that was like 6'6", 250 pounds. And just, he would just beat the crap out of me. Uh, But I loved it. Like I enjoyed it. There was something about it that I really enjoyed. And then my uncle uh, I kind of grew up with it because my uncle was a, a professional boxer. He was like Nico, the golden Greek, but you wouldn't know who he is, but in Cleveland, he won the uh, the Golden Gloves and nice. all that stuff. So nice. um, he's in like the Boxing Hall of Fame for Ohio. Uh, so I kind of grew up with it. And then uh, and then I, in college, I was a Theta Chi, and we, there was like a barroom brawlers, and I went three and zero, won it for us. Nice. And then uh, now I'm looking for uh, I'm looking for like a trainer to like basically do some hand to hand combat. Nice. Um, just because. I don't know. I like it. It's in, it's enjoyable. It kind of releases a lot of stress for sure. And, uh, and endorphins, I guess you could say for me, I have, uh, like a, like ADD. And so I get bored really easy and boxing is, uh, so much more fun than like the monotonous picking up and putting down weights, you know? And, and, and I don't know, hitting things is, I like the fact that it's a real life skill. It's practical. Like when you lift weights like what, and you exercise, by the way, everyone exercise obviously, but not is it for aesthetics which is totally fine but for me i can box i can look good because i'm getting a workout and i'm actually like learning how to defend myself and i've said this before on this show um i would recommend everyone take some sort of combat sport class when i was in high school i was i was the smallest guy and i didn't i had this fear of being beaten up in a in a school fight so i was like fuck it i'm gonna i'm gonna learn how to fight i'm gonna wrestle I'm gonna take jujitsu classes. I'm gonna learn how to strike, and uh, just being able to protect myself. Like even as like my friends call me shrimp, my confidence skyrocketed because I was I was just yeah. I was just comfortable in my own body, and, and like that's probably part of the reason I love uh, combat sports so much is because I have like an affinity for like what they've done and and how they've changed my life. For sure, definitely. Like when I, when my girls uh, 
grow up, I, I definitely want to get them. Like uh, one of my my friends is uh, Henner Gracie, nice. who uh, runs basically the Gracie Academy. Yep. And uh, he's like, uh, you know, as soon as they're, I think it's like four, you know, you can sign them up for uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And watching some of their, st their stuff on their Instagram, you know, just to protect, uh, so my girls will know how to protect themselves, you know, at all times. That's one of the things that I look at and I go, that's number one. Yep. Like I want them to be able to handle themselves yep, for sure. in case they're ever in a situation that they need it. For sure. For sure. All right, yo, uh, I don't know. We talked about a lot of stuff. Woo. Yeesh. What's your plan for the rest of the quarantine? You doing anything fun? Uh, am I doing anything fun? I feel like I'm doing everything. Uh, uh, like what's fun for me is to hang out with my girls, Monroe and Madison and yeah. hang out with my wife, Maurice. So we, we've been really, you know, enjoying it. Like yesterday, uh, you know, or I don't know when you're airing this, but Easter, yeah. we, uh, we, uh, we, we colored donuts. Nice. So instead of coloring eggs, we colored donuts and, you know, my daughter loves to draw and loves to paint stuff. And my other daughter is entertained by her. Hmm. So, uh, cause she's only two and the hmm. other one's only six months. So, uh, you know, we just find things to entertain ourselves with. Cool. And, uh, I just been enjoying, you know, the family time, you know, what else I've been enjoying about this? Like my mind is always racing. It's always going, always going, always going. There's, there's actually a moment here where I really feel like I can actually press pause and kind of just let my brain re relax, yep. which it's not used to doing. Hmm. And uh, so it's it's actually given me an opportunity to kind of relax. Yeah, very cool, man. I, I hope everyone takes this time to to kind of unplug for a little bit because if, if this is good for one thing, it's definitely good for like finding yourself or so, something new that you love to do. Exactly, like you know, just, uh, if you don't have a hobby, you can find a hobby. Yep, yep. You know, look on the internet, you can find anything, and you can learn how to do something. You have time to do it now. Yep. Yep, totally. All right, well, dude, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you taking the time. For sure. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Enjoy everything and uh, go Browns. <laughs> go Browns, baby. Where, <laughs> hey, where can they find you on Instagram? Uh, at Mike the Miz. That makes sense. All right, brother. Thank you so much. Again, appreciate you, man. Stay right. safe. Stay healthy. Sounds like a plan. Later, bud. All right, peace, nice, homie. I like that guy. What a nice dude. Cool yeah. fucking dude. Cool dude. You could You could tell when... When you start to hit it off with the guests, when like halfway through you just start talking about sh just random shit, like yep. we don't even talk about wrestling anymore. Go Browns, huh? Yeah. I, yeah. Six and ten last year, seven and eight. Oh, that's probably enough out of you. You got to get better than you are. <laughs> <laughs> don't go any further back than like I don't know two years on the Browns record. But don't, oh, don't talk about twenty seventeen. Nah, that's okay. <laughs> um, no, I like that guy. I think the one thing that you, uh, him, Justin, and MGK all have in common is you're so obsessed with the thing that you're putting your energy into mm. that it doesn't matter how long it takes, how much effort, how much energy you're going to do your best and you're going to learn how to be the best at it. Obsession. obsession. It's a healthy, healthy obsession. It, you have to find that spark of interest though, at least cause like, you know, it's yeah. hard. It's hard for, if I don't like something, I have three to 10 seconds before I, I stop doing it. But that's good. Cause you know that you're not going to be willing to put the time into it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. but like today when you were doing log rolling and you tried to stand on a log for more than ten seconds or what? Yeah, for ten seconds yeah. and you only got to like seven seconds. Yeah, how did you feel about that? So hard, it's so hard. But but I, I within like the first fifteen minutes, I looked at Danny. I was like, and sometimes this happens when we're doing our shit. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, this one's fun. This one's like real life fun. Yeah. And for some reason, rolling around on logs in a river, I enjoyed. So yeah, we we did that for two hours. 
I think you, if we uh, take that to the ranch at the lake and just get a big log, yeah, we, have, we have a ranch regatta and then we have log rolling competition. That's going to be awesome. Mm. Just a giant fucking log for like seven huge, of us to go on. Huge. That's going to be sick. You can, if you love it that much, you could be the best. I mean, to Max point, dude, I said it on a, on a show the other day that I did in the interim. Um, you work harder than anybody you work. I mean, and I bet you that's a, I bet you that's a, uh, reoccurring factor between all those people that we were just talking about you know it's 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 not always some like insane fucking talent like he's funnier he's this or mm-hmm. he you work harder than anyone else Bro, when we first got to la jake would always say to me hard work beats talent and for the like, longest it does. for the longest time i would i disagree with him because i'd look at like the rappers who have one hit song and like all they really have to do. I mean, what you go to the studio mm-hmm. you you have a good voice that you were born with and I thought I thought that was a conversation to have, and it's just not. Hard work always beats talent, and when you have the talent mm-hmm. that works hard, that's a wrap. That's that's when you yeah. get like a Drake Grant or Drake Bell. <laughs> Drake, Drake Bell, <laughs> nice. Wait, that's Alexander Graham Bell. Bell. <laughs> that's when you get the, the guy who made the telephone. <laughs> Drake, Drake Graham, Aubrey, Aubrey Graham, Drake, Drake Aubrey, Aubrey, Aubrey Alexander, Alexander Graham, Bell. Graham, Drake. Anyways, uh, to your, I, <laughs> I think it might have something to do too with uh, the transition to non-traditional media. I think at one point, talent talent was probably closer to being everything because you had to impress some vocal coach, you had to impress mm-hmm. some room of video execs, yeah, or they uh, movie, had the tools. Mo- they had the, and they had the keys. Yeah, now that every creator has the keys. The internet and the entertainment world as we know it today favors consistency mm, and they work. favor hard work and they favor you showing up every Tuesday, Thursday and Saturday when you say you're going to drop a fucking vlog. Yeah. yeah. And so you have always showed up and that's a huge part of what makes you Facts. as powerful as you are. Facts. That, hey, that's one, that's one strong word right yeah. there. Consistency. I think talent can get wasted if you're not consistent with it. For sure. Oh, yeah. For sure. That's, we yeah. see yeah. it all the time. We see it all the time. We were talking about it yesterday a little bit. I, I, it could ha- honestly could happen to me at any at any point. Like it honestly <laughs> could happen to me at any point. Like I, I I consider myself and would hope you guys consider me to be a funny guy and a, and a, and, a, and talented at whatever I do. But honestly, like there are a lot of days where I get up and I'm like, ah. yeah, you, you never just, have those. I power through them, but you never have those. Like you always show up, bro. No, 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 no. Oh, I you have do have those. Days. those. Oh, you do. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have those days where I doubt myself. To the fucking T, bro. Yesterday, actually, I yes, this whole weekend, I have my mind hasn't been racing like like it usually does, which kind of makes it hard to host a podcast when you mm-hmm. don't, we're not having thoughts about anything. Like like really, like I don't know if it's this quarantine. I've been locked down for too long. Oh, you know what? Honestly, it might be him. I've devoted all yeah. my energy. Your dad now, huh? Your dad now. I've literally devoted all my energy to this fucking parrot. And so, anyways. Um, no, yesterday I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to go on a podcast, but what I always rely on is, is that spine of knowing who you are and what you're capable of. And there's a flip that switch when you're doing that thing that sparks your instincts. And I, this is like, I don't know, talking in front of cameras, it does that for me. And so I always, even though yesterday I'm literally like, I have no idea how I'm going to do it. I know as soon as these lights come on, come on and we start rolling. Yeah, we're gonna be good to go. And then you get momentum, and then you keep going. And then you rock and roll, keep going, keep going. Precisely. Going. Oh, because now we're coming not onto the end of the Miz interview, but onto the end of what we talked about after the Miz interview. Right. 
tricky, dude. It's like a choose your own adventure book where everyone loses. Yep. We should just. We should just I would always. I'd somewhere. always I'll read those adventure books and go back to see to try to win. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. if I knew I was going down the wrong path, and I was dying like in Goosebumps. <laughs> I will go back and read so I win. Like mm. when uh, Black Mirror put out Vanderpump Rules. Watched. <laughs> no, no. you is the one video game episode. Slander Mump. What was it called? What was it called? Fucking mother fudger. Way to censor half of your sentence, Mike. You're approving. Video game episode. What? Striking Vipers? No, no, not that one. Please, not that no, one. No, no, I know, I know. Uh, choose your own adventure, you should have typed it. No, I know, but I, I, I watched, I went down all the paths. I had to go back because one of, when the guy would get unhappy because I chose the wrong one, I was like, we gotta, we gotta go fix this. Yeah, right? What else, what other programs have you been watching? Uh, Tiger King? I, how are we gonna do this? Are I don't we, know. We, 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 we suck. <laughs> In I general, it just, it just it, 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 it's fucking uh, two, three months after the shit was hot. And we're like, well, everybody else fucking watched my grandmother say, bro, watched it bro, already. And here's what I'm going to say. Like, you, you didn't even finish it. I couldn't because I realized, bro, I realized five episodes in, I go, there is, there is no, there is no real takeaway from this. No, it is, I, it is a drama <laughs> slash comedy made to entertain you with no conclusion. Here's the conclusion. Everyone's fucking crazy. Nuts. Nuts. No, they're there's, crazy. There's other, there doesn't have to be a conclusion. I guess that's the main conclusion of it. I mean, you, to your point, these people are all fucking crazy. But I think everybody that watches that series comes out of it with a certain thought about some of the people on it. And I had a very, very specific list of the people I hated most. Okay. What is it? <laughs> if you watch that series... And anyone above is is on your list above the number one spot, above Carol Baskin. You are a psychopath. I hate that lady. I fucking hate Carol Baskin. I I fucking hate her, bro. I wake up some days and I'm like, I fuck it for whatever reason. Because by the way, she she was probably trying to do good. She was probably trying to help out. But but how about what she she wanted to fix all the the laws on big cat rescue. Bro, she all, breaks all the laws. Breaks them all herself. She's the biggest hypocrite I've ever seen in my life. Uh, then number two, Carol Baskin killed her husband. Whacked him. Can't wow. convince me that it didn't happen. Fed him to tigers. They snacking. What's happening? Carol Baskin. Damn, it's a slapper. Slapper. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs> number two, the fucking. Her new husband. This motherfucker. He's is number two? Number two. This dude. People have called me a simp. People <laughs> have called me a simp. And I've even at times been like, fuck it. I'll just play around and own the word. Mm. This dude is the king of the fucking simps. Show me this dude. This guy? Show me this dude. He made you. Do you see that fucking this guy? This guy? It does not matter what that woman says. He is, he is sucking her dick, dude. <laughs> 24. I hate that fucking guy, dude. Uh, Number two on the fucking list. That guy, look at his blank fucking stare, dude. This is he was the like, guy. well, they tried to come at us and we just put in more money to our lawyers. <laughs> I hate that motherfucker. Dude. I, he looks like a dude who would say he's been anally probed by aliens. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone on, on this show, by the way, could have at one point. Quite possibly, yeah. But, and, and, and these two my, two, number, my two number one and number two, produced a picture that is infamous of her holding him on a leash. Oh, my God. And, oh. and, and I don't know when this will air, but me and Lana are recreating the photo. You're lying. Dead serious. You're lying. Dead serious. That photo right there. Ah. Yep, yep. 
She, Lana has the wedding dress, the flower crown, and the outfit and the leash ready. Are you mad that this dude kind of looks like you in this picture? That is oh. fucked. That's fucked. And I'm it's not, not wrong. And I can't have that I'm be not said wrong. to me today because it upsets me. Bro, I ain't wrong. Come on. <laughs> you get Harry Potter glasses and some salt and pepper hair. In a little cheetah Tarzan outfit, you're going to be good to go. And so we're taking it on the beach. I think we're renting a house on Malibu to get the picture done. It's going to be fucking crazy. Oh, my God. Num- uh, who's number three? Number three, to make it quick and, and final, the dude Jeff Lowe. The dude Jeff Lowe that he befriends. Scumbag. That he's getting Scumbag. Just scumbag. emits. <laughs> emits. Scumbag. Fucking scum, dude. Just emits it from every orifice of his body, dude. Yeah. He just breathes, breathes scumbag. This dude, you can just tell in the way he talks. Bro, bro, he would throw exotic Vegas parties in his hotel room and have the tigers wheeled in little suitcases. To be mm. the thing that brought the girls yes. in. Come, I mean, come on. He was getting head and having sex and orgies based off the strength of his little kitties. How many dudes he do said, you- He said, he said a little kitty gets you a lot of kitty. A lot of kitty. And he went like this. <laughs> like, he's just a fucking grind yeah, ball, grind dude. Go, grind How ball. many dudes do you know that have gotten dogs so that they can- Oh, I'm girls? sure. I'm sure. It's what? just a little more exotic with a tiger. Exotica, even. Mm-hmm. All right, who's number four? I mean, if there was if there was gonna be a number four, I guess it would be. Um, it's got to be Joe Exotic, dude. Come no, on, no, no, come no, on, no, come no, on, no, Joe, listen, come on. Listen, and maybe, it's, and, maybe come it's, on. and maybe it's the way he was painted in this series. But you kind of got to feel bad for the guy. I, he, so he I, just, didn't, just, I didn't. I didn't. I uh, didn't finish watching. Right. So, yeah. I, I, so mind you, I've only seen what I've seen and have yet to have any inkling of an idea that Joe Exotic might be pardoned. But, bro, when you burn your alligators, first, first. when you burn your alligators, oh, because because they said that he was the reason that 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 he started the fire for the he, warehouse. It, yeah, that's like that's like one of three things that he did. That he I'm killed just like, a bunch I'm just of like, big tigers. I'm just like, at what at what point? Dude, is he just not a good, a good person? I get he's a funny meme and shit, but in real life, like, yo, fuck this dude. Fuck this yeah, guy. Yeah, no, no, I get it. it. I get it. But I think why he wasn't at the top of my list was one, because he's kind of the crafted protagonist of the program. Yeah, yes, yes. And also because he, to me, at a lot of times, he just, the way he is and the way he acts seems like the lesser of the evils. And so you're right. Maybe, maybe he is four. Maybe he is four. And I hate to say that. I'm Joe. If you're watching this, I, I know you're not. I know you're not watching Impulsive, but Joe Exotica, if you're watching this program, you you fucked up. You fucked up bad, dude. Also, I, I found out that um, his his infamous music videos, it's not even him singing. Really? Yeah, we've been led led down a, down a path of lies. I mean, but but uh, he uh, he's killed five cats. Um, also, him him attempting to <laughs> off Carol Baskin. Like, come on, guys. That was. Guys, what's what are we doing here? I mean, his big fuck up there was the dude he hired. I mean, that guy was that guy was five sheets to the fucking <laughs> end. Do you, you see that guy? Just complete. I mean, he, he would. He you know what I will say? A dick for a crack rock. This dude was not a hitman. <laughs> yeah, facts. Mm-hmm. Good on the uh, the directors and creators of the show. Oh my god! I've never oh seen a narrative god. crafted in yeah. such a in such a brilliant way where they with the characters. The characters tell the story. There's no narrator. No. It's the characters all telling their stories against each other. It's fascinating. It's like a David Dobrik vlog, but with methamphetamine. Right. Like all the yep. characters are, are the storytellers. Yep. Yep. And, I, and so when I watch, I'm watching uh, because I'm learning. I watch how the, when the when the, there's one guy specifically who sometimes appears on camera who's clearly the, the director. Guy talks like this with the smokes the cigarette the whole day. And no, I probably no, shouldn't no, be no, doing no, that because no, he no. probably has like a pro- No, no, not, not that guy. And by the way, I, I also... 
I, I, I made a nose plug joke. You when did. I talks like this, and I was the producer of Joe's TV show. Did we make it out alive on it, or no? Is that cool? I don't know. Maybe it got to be deviated septum from cocaine use. Do we and do, do But we, I'm also not talking about him. I'm talking about the dude okay. who, cr- who created the show Tiger King. Oh, oh the guy, the other guy that appears weirdly Someti- occasionally. Sometimes you'll yeah, see yeah, him. Yeah, you'll yeah. hear him ask questions right, right. off camera. So, so this is, it's 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 social manipulation. He'll ask. Th- certain things to get people to say sound bites that work for his narrative that is perfectly crafted in, in his mind. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. He'll have them repeat some. You hear one of one of the times he's like, "Can you say what you just said?" And the person just nonchalantly says, says the thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That like incriminates or like uh, f- furthers the agenda that he's trying to tell. It's it's brilliant. So for that reason, I, I really enjoyed watching how this this story was was um crafted, crafted. yeah indeed. the one the one person i will say or the one scene that i think i hope uh everybody would agree makes the entire show is i think the guy that you're talking about that got asked to say the same thing again is the the pudgy fat the pudgy dude guy, with the yes, hair yes in episode the- seven this man rides a jet ski in what is one of the greatest scenes in television you're lying, history. You're lying. <laughs> please, please try to find it. Please try to find it. It makes the whole show. It wow. makes the whole show. It's the most important. Just write jet ski scene Tiger King and see if it pops up. <laughs> what happened? You wrote fat pudgy man Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> jet ski scene Tiger King. Oh my God, yes. No way. Oh my no God, way. dude. This just comes out of nowhere. No way. <laughs> This is There's just no way. Mike, why? And, ju- and just so you know, that's not the music. Mike, why? They, they, they replaced the music because it was like, uh, I think it was Welcome to the Danger Zone. Nice. It was something, it was some, it was the only copyrighted, <laughs> but that scene, and I think a lot of people have echoed that narrative out there, that scene made the show. I mean that what an wow. incredible, incredible optical illusion of sorts of just what life can be like if yeah. you're a pudgy potato on have a jet ski. Yeah. Have you seen he's bounding down? Classic. He reminds me exactly. There's a scene of Kenny Powers Kenny on his leopard printed jet ski just ripping through a lake. It's beautiful. But yeah, but, like but just color. quick you know, as a as a as an end piece on our book a bookend. And this this show, now it's dying down now, and I don't know why why it took us so long, but <laughs> This show created a ripple in time and space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, all right, that, that's probably good for this episode. <laughs> uh, the Miz is dope. Weird freaking chain of events that led to what turned out to be a sculpture of an episode. We, dude, we did it. <laughs> yeah, we got it. We did it. <laughs> Stay safe in there in quarantine, guys. Wear your masks. We'll see you next time on the number one podcast in the world. It's called Impulsive. Hit that subscribe button if you're not subscribed. Bye. Bye. Amazon is hiring near you. Earn a competitive wage with benefits starting day one. No resume or experience required. Health and safety are a top priority with all of our roles and sites. And Amazon is taking precautions in our buildings to keep people healthy. Go to Amazon.com slash Stockton Jobs. That's Amazon.com slash Stockton Jobs. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer.